0: Get your carts ready, get your credit cards ready. You're gonna love these books I have to share with you and I guarantee you're gonna wanna order them right away. Welcome to the Find Your Voice podcast, a show where we believe in the power of the written word to create positive change in your personal life, your community, and the world. I'm your host, Allison Fallon. Whether you're an aspiring author or someone who swears they're not a real writer, we're here to show you how a regular practice of writing will help you access your intuition, Make an impact and find your voice. Join me for interviews with authors, writing prompts, and stories of how even simple words change lives. Hi, writers. On today's episode of the Find Your Voice podcast, I'm going to answer a question that I get from you all the time. The question is what books should I read as a writer? And part of why I've avoided answering this question is because asking a writer or even a reader to choose their favorite books is, I think, akin to asking a parent to choose their favorite child. It feels basically impossible. But the fact of the matter is, while there are any number of books you could read that could support you in your writing journey, including just whatever books you feel drawn to, there are a handful of books that for me have been particularly supportive and important. So I wanted to share with you today, seven books that I've read that have been really helpful for me that have definitely informed not only my writing journey, but also the way that I view writing, that writing is an activity that is for everyone, not for a selective group of people. These writers have deeply influenced my way of thinking and they've influenced my own writing. And I know they're going to be highly influential for you too. So because they're so influential, if you read my books, if you've been following me for any amount of time, you may have heard of these books. Maybe you haven't. If you haven't, then um, definitely add them to your list. But if you've already read these books, just know that every single book I put on this list is a book I would go back and read over and over and over again. So I hope you enjoy today's episode, Seven Books Every Writer Should Read. Okay, writers, get your book browsing website ready, get your carts ready, get your credit cards ready, because I'm about to tell you about seven books you need to read if you want to do writing for any reason at all, writing for professional reasons, writing for personal growth, writing to share your story with the world or even with your children. You're going to love these books I have to share with you and I guarantee you're going to want to order them right away. So just prepping you for that. Let's jump right in. I want to start by telling you about one of my very favorite books of all time called Journal of a Novel by John Steinbeck. Probably my guess is you've heard of John Steinbeck. You probably read something by Steinbeck in your high school English class or maybe perhaps college English class. But my other guess is you probably haven't heard of Journal of a Novel. Most people haven't. Journal of a Novel is a small little later published piece that came out of a journal that Steinbeck was keeping while he was writing East of Eden, which by the way, if we'll go on so many book tangents in this episode. (laughs) I can already tell. But another book that you could add to your list is East of Eden. It is a standby, a classic, and one that I go back to and try to read at least once a year because Steinbeck is such a brilliant writer. But Journal of a Novel is a special little book for anyone who wants to be a writer because what you get to see is a peek behind the screen of a really, really gifted, talented writer who has stood the test of time. What is in the book are these, they're journal entries essentially, or letters that John Steinbeck was writing to his agent and editor at the time. And he's writing, instead of writing the book, he's writing about the writing. And so you hear him talk about what it's like to be a writer. You hear him talk about his kids. You hear him talk about his personal life, but mostly you hear him talk about how difficult it is to be a writer. He talks about all of the little things and big things about the creative life. He addresses questions like, Will my writing be any good? You know, he says, At a part in the book, all I know is that little by little it will mount and grow slowly until finally it is a house. And then it will either be a good house and it will stand, or it will be a bad house and it will fall of its own weight. This is always the truth of both books and houses. And I just think it's so beautiful. I mean, he's writing about writing and still has such a beautiful way with words. But my favorite part about all of the glimpses that he gives us into the writer's life is that it debunks this myth we have that writers totally know where they're going and what they're doing and that they know that you know the piece that they're writing is going to be a classic that's going to be passed down through literature for the ages and Steinbeck of course did not know that as he was writing East of Eden. He writes, Tom and John, those are his kids, are coming over to spend the night. I haven't seen them in a very long time and I would like to Also, I will get to know them quite a bit better. Now I have finished that day's work and I will make a bookcase. I loved this passage because it just reminds me that writers, just like you and me, have all kinds of normal, ordinary, regular stuff going on in their lives in addition to their writing. I think another myth we believe about the writing life is that the most gifted writers in the world lock themselves in a cabin for months at a time, and they don't have to deal with the realities of everyday life, like children and grocery shopping and whatever else. And this is such a needed reminder for me that they absolutely do have to deal with those realities. And even the best writers in the world are just people exactly like us. One more quote I'll read for you. Steinbeck writes about writer's block. He says, I didn't get much done yesterday and probably won't today outside things are cutting in, this is bound to happen sometimes. I think about this all the time when outside things are cutting in, because isn't that just the perfect way to describe that? Sometimes outside things just end up cutting in. So the first book recommendation I have for you, I hope your cards are ready, is Journal of a Novel by John Steinbeck. Okay, second book recommendation I have for you is... Julia Cameron, The Artist's Way. Now I mentioned this in the introduction, but some of you, if you've been following me for a long time, or if you've been trying to cultivate your ability as a writer for a long time, you've probably heard of Julia Cameron. She's had a huge influence on the way that I think about writing. I went through her Artist's Way program many, many years ago before I was ever writing in the public eye at all. And I could only aspire to be (laughs) Anywhere in the realm of Julia Cameron, she's not only a very prolific writer who's written books and screenplays and poetry and this incredible program called The Artist's Way, but she's also inspired millions of artists to not just not just writers, but artists to use the written word to help them unlock their creative potential. The Artist Way specifically is a program that you can walk through to develop a regular habit of writing. And, and also beyond that to, you know, the phrase I said before to unlock your inner creativity and it takes place through a regular practice of writing. So she talks to you about, you know, carving out 40 minutes every morning that you're going to work on your writing. She says to write for either 40 minutes or three pages, whichever comes first. She has you take yourself on what she calls artist dates, which is such a brilliant idea where you take yourself on a date the way that you would take a significant other on a date. You think of something really special that you'd like to do, somewhere that you've been wanting to go, and you carve out the time and take yourself on a really special date. The idea being, she talks about how if we're going to be making withdrawals from the well, that we have to also be filling the well, our artist's well, so to speak. So we have to be putting water in the well if we're going to be taking water out. And we do that through input, like our five senses. So going to a coffee shop and buying a really luxurious latte for yourself or taking yourself to a play or taking yourself to the movies or taking yourself to a concert or something like that, something that we would do for a significant other can be really an important part of how we cultivate our inner artist. She talks about the spiritual path of writing. She's very nondescript about spiritualism, which I find to be really helpful because I have a lot of my my own baggage around spirituality. And so she's very nondescript and that feels helpful to me. And then she talks about what she calls creative recovery. She says each of us are creative and a lot of us have lost our creative selves somewhere along the way. And all of what she writes is just so spot on and so poignant and so important and has had such an incredible impact on me. And by the way, I said, there'd be some extra bonus books to add to your list, but a bonus one to add to your list is another one of hers called the right to write an invitation an initiation to the writing life. That's called the right to write. So R I G H T to W R I T E. Okay. Book number three that needs to be on your list is called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. I'm always shocked by how many people don't know about this book because I always think of it as kind of a universal book that everybody has read. It's not a big book. It's a really quick read. It's one that, again, I go back to every single year. It's such an important book, not just for people who are writing professionally, but for anyone who's trying to accomplish literally anything in their life, anyone who's like into personal growth or trying to get sober or wanting to cultivate a new or better relationship in their life or chasing after a goal or objective, like running a marathon or something like that. Literally anybody can get so much out of reading this book. Every time I read it, I think this is so simple and I'm so inspired (laughs) And I recommend people read this book at least once a year. It's short little essays. It's incredibly motivating. It's super poignant. Again, Stephen Pressfield emphasizes this idea that we're all writers and creatives. He says, Are you paralyzed with fear? That's a good sign. Fear is good. Like self doubt, fear is an indicator. Fear tells us what we have to do. Remember one rule of thumb the more scared we are of a work or calling, the more sure we can be that we have to do it. I love that. And I love how he addresses the excuse that I always talk about when people say, but I'm not a real writer. He says, are you born a writer? Were you put on this earth to be a painter, a scientist, an apostle of peace? In the end, the question can only be answered by action. Do it or don't do it. It may help to think of it this way. If you were meant to cure cancer or write a symphony or crank cold fusion and you don't do it, you not only hurt yourself, even destroy yourself, you hurt your children, you hurt me, you hurt the planet. You shame the angels who watch over you and you spite the almighty who created you and only you with your unique gifts for the sole purpose of nudging the human race one millimeter farther along its path back to God creative work is not a selfish act or a bid for attention on the part of the actor. It is a gift to the world and every being in it. Don't cheat us of your contribution. Give us what you've got. See, like I said, short, pithy, poignant, real like punch in the gut, the kind of punch in the gut that we so often need. And it's such an incredible read. So if you haven't read that one, definitely add it to your list. If you've already read it, go back, and read it again. Okay. Book number four that you need on your list is called Save the Cat by Blake Snyder. Now, technically this is a screenwriting book, but I think this book is hugely important, especially if you're trying to tell a personal story. This is one of the many places that I have learned so much about narrative structure and how stories work, which is important because if we understand our lives as stories and we're filtering all of our experiences as stories, it's helpful to know that on a conscious level that this is what a story structure looks like. As we lay out our personal stories on that structure, we can actually create and mine meaning out of our stories simply by writing them within that structure that we've unconsciously learned. So Blake Snyder talks about this structure in the book. He talks about the scenes that are necessary to exist in a story in order for it to work on the screen, but I use a lot of what he teaches in our memoir masterclass. For example, you know we talk about creating an all is lost moment in your story and why this matters. We talk a lot about how a lot of people are living in their all is lost moment. And it isn't until they start to map out their story on this narrative arc that they realize they have the power to move their story from the all is lost moment into resolution. So this is an incredibly important book. It's a little bit more practical, but still very important, definitely one worth adding to the list. The fifth book I want you to add to your list is one that you're going to use as a reference book over and over and over again. It's called Stein on Writing, S-T-I-N on Writing. And Stein answers all of the questions that I get asked about writing and writing technique over and over and over again. He answers them better than I could. For example, he talks about developing drama, how to do that, how to create tension in your manuscript, how to write dialogue, how to write a love scene, how to show versus tell, which is a technique that skilled writers use to really take their writing to the next level. He talks about how to create suspense. He has a whole section on fiction. And this is one of those books that I pull off my shelf all the time when I I'm working on a piece and really wanting to take it to the next level. So for example, maybe I'm working on a piece and I feel like some dialogue would really liven up the middle section of a chapter. I'll pull Stein's book out and read the section on dialogue and follow his advice. And it always makes my writing better. So again, these are questions I get asked all the time by writers. And when I talk about how you don't have to be this talented or trained writer in order to write a story in a way that really inspires people. That's true, but we can all, all of us, no matter how talented or trained that we are, we can always sharpen our skills. And I think Stein does a really incredible job of helping us do that in a concise and interesting way. So grab this book, Stein on Writing, keep it on your shelf as a reference. The sixth book I want you to add to your repertoire is Anne Lamott's Bird by Bird. And my guess is if you've been following me for any amount of time, if you've been writing for any amount of time, if you've been on the planet for any amount of time, you already know about Anne Lamott and you probably already know about Bird by Bird, which is her instruction booklet on writing in life. But if you haven't read this book, you absolutely need to pick it up. It's going to change your life. If you have read this book, this is just your friendly reminder to open it up and read it again. Also, I would be completely remiss if I didn't put Anne Lamott's Bird by Bird on a list of seven books that every writer should own. This is just an absolute must. But I thought I'd let Anne speak for herself, I want to read a small section from her book in a chapter called Polaroids, because it just made me think about this question that I hear a lot of writers ask when they're working on a project. They're worried at the beginning that the project isn't going to be any good. And so they're asking me, do you think this is any good? And this is Anne's response to that question. She says, writing a first draft is very much like watching a Polaroid develop. You can't And in fact, you're not supposed to know exactly what the picture is going to look like until it is finished developing. First, you just point at what has your attention and take the picture. In the last chapter, for instance, what had my attention were the contents of my lunch bag. But as the picture developed, I found I had a really clear image of the boy against the fence. Or maybe your Polaroid was supposed to be a picture of a boy against the fence, and you didn't notice until the last minute that a family was standing a few feet away from him. Now, maybe it's his family or the family of one of the kids in the class, but at any rate, these people are going to be in the photograph too. Then the film emerges from the camera with a grayish green murkiness that gradually becomes clearer and clearer, and you finally see the husband and wife holding their baby with two children standing beside them. And at first it all seems very sweet, but then the shadows begin to appear and then you start to see the animal tragedy, the baboons baring their teeth. And then you see a flash of bright red flowers in the bottom left quadrant that you didn't even know were in the picture when you took it. And these flowers evoke a time or a memory that moves you mysteriously. And finally, as the portrait comes into focus, you begin to notice all the props surrounding these people and you begin to understand how props define us and comfort us and show us what we value and what we need and who we think we are. You couldn't have any way of knowing what this piece of work would look like when you first started. You just knew that there was something about these people that compelled you and you stayed with that something long enough for it to show you what it was about. So I just wanted to share that small tidbit with you as a way to remind you how brilliant Anne Lamott is and also to say whatever it is that you're working on, if you're worried it's not going to be any good, you just have no way of knowing that at the beginning. It's your job just to stay with it long enough to find out final book for you today, book number seven that I need you to have on your shelf if you want to be a writer, is a book called If You Want to Write by Brenda Ueland, U-E-L-A-N-D, Brenda Ueland, a book about art, independence, and spirit. And to give you a sense of Brenda's writing style, it's a little bit old school, so it can be hard to read in places, but I just wanted to give you a sense of really the great advice that she gives in this book. I'm going to read from a chapter that she calls... Why you are not to be discouraged, annihilated by rejection slips. (laughs) She says, Sarah McShane finished the account of her trip as the classes went on. I wanted to get her gradually to become freer and more personal. She was like so many gentle and modest people. They mix up the human and the divine ego. They feel they are not important and they hate to say I. And to hide the eye modestly and keep it down, they will write long travelogues, say, a foot in the Rockies, giving altitudes, facts, statistics, hotel accommodations, things out of the almanac that everybody knows already or can look up if they care to. Now to have things come alive and interesting, it must be personal. It must come from the I, what I know and what I feel, for that is the only great and interesting thing. That is the only truth you know that nobody else does. Sarah McShane, I wanted to free her into writing more about herself, to speak about herself and to know that she was important. This feels like such an important point to me. And like I mentioned, so many of these authors have had a strong influence on me and Brenda Ulin is no exception to that rule. But I talk about this all the time with authors that we work with. People are really resistant to put themselves in the position of hero when they're writing their own story they feel like writing itself is this self-indulgent activity that they really don't have the time for because they have all of these other obligations and people who are depending on them. And they worry about centering themselves too much in the story or talking too much about themselves. They worry their story isn't interesting or all that important. And what I try to convince them of is exactly what Brenda Ulin is saying in this passage, which is the only interesting thing in the world is what you feel, what you know, what you have experienced. So a reminder to all of us to own our experiences, to share them in a, a way that is not human ego, but a divine ego, just knowing that we are made in the image of the divine. And we have something really interesting and inspirational to share. And lest you think I would leave you without an eighth and final bonus book. <laughs> I also want you to get a copy of my book, The Power of Writing It Down, A Simple Daily Habit to Unlock Your Brain and Reimagine Your Life you know, all of us have this feeling when we sit down to write our books that the book has been written before and it's been written better than we could have written it. And all these books that I just told you about are all books that I had in the back of my mind that I worried, oh no, I can't write this book because Anne Lamott has already done it and she's done it better. And and Julia Cameron has already done it and she's done it better. And Brenda Ulan has done it and she's done it better. Stephen Pressfield has done it. John Steinbeck has done it. Everyone's done it. They've all done it better than I could. But you'll see when you read The Power of Writing It Down, not only do I hope that you are helped by the step-by-step process I walk you through to develop a regular practice of writing, to use the infinity prompt, to begin to cultivate your own creative and personal growth through the act of writing, but also you'll see that a lot of these themes, all of the themes and voices of these other authors, you'll see the way that they have impacted me and they've come through in my own voice in a new and different way. We need to hear things. I've heard several different statistics, but something like eight to 10 times before it really sinks in for us. And a lot of times it can be helpful to hear those things eight to 10 times from different voices and from different people and in different locations. So the power of writing it down is a book that I wrote to be the 150,000th person who has said writing is important and matters. It's a really valuable tool that you can have in your tool belt. And I wanted to teach you how to use it. Okay. Thanks for listening today, writers. I hope I have made a significant dent in your bank account. I hope you've ordered your books from an independent bookstore or a black owned bookstore or some other kind of organization that you want to support. And I hope you enjoy all of these amazing, incredible books. Keep them in front of you while you write, use them to inspire you, go back to them again and again. And if you need links to the books, you can of course find those in the show notes until next time. Happy writing. If you have a book you know you need to write, but every time you try to sit down and actually put words on the page, you end up frustrated or confused about what you're actually doing, our Prepare to Publish self-study course is an affordable and easy way to finally finish that book you've always wanted to write. Prepare to Publish self-study is a 90-day self-guided program that walks you through the process of outlining your book and finishing your book proposal document, which is the key document to getting agents and publishers to read your work. When you sign up for Prepare to Publish Self-Study, you get a digital workbook that walks you through the process of outlining your book step-by-step, teaching videos that pair with each of the assignments to make sure you're never confused or lost, and access to our resource library where you can learn things like how to find a literary agent or the differences between self-publishing and traditional publishing. At the end of the 90 days, you'll not only have a completed book outline, you'll have a finished book proposal document, which is your golden ticket to securing meetings with agents and publishers. But even more than that, this document is the Bible you will use for writing your book. Imagine a world where you didn't sit around for a decade wondering if you would ever publish your book. What if you could actually finish? That dream is closer than ever with prepare to publish self-study. To get started today, register at findyourvoice.com publish. Thanks for listening to the find your voice podcast. We hope this inspires you to pick up a pen and start finding the words that will change your life, your community, and your world. If you liked what you heard today, share with a friend, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't already, check out our website, findyourvoice.com. Subscribe to our Monday Motivation for free and get inspiring writing prompts in your inbox each week. Until next time, happy writing.